I'm sales team turnaround specialist, Jeremy DeMerchant. And each week I bring sales leaders like you, experts and insights that will help you level up your leadership, motivate like a master, and ultimately crush your comp plan. If it's time to raise the bar on your team's performance, then it's time for Sales Team Rescue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 41 of Sales Team Rescue. I am your host, Jeremy DeMerchant, and today is a day when I want to dig into objection handling and a specific objection when it comes to um, how to coach your sales team. Uh, one of the biggest challenges that I see my clients face um, right now, you may know I'm running uh, two versions of my Momentum 120 uh, 12-week sales accelerator. And one of the, the common things that are coming up is how to deal around price objection. And there was a, an example that I got yesterday um, from an amazing young lady who feels like she keeps uh, – attracting clients or um, having conversations with people that turn into conversations around um, people trying to negotiate discounts. So um, give me, give me some love or give me a like in the comments. If this has ever happened to you, Um, someone says, okay, but can you do better on the price? Right. And people, some people do this as part of their culture. Um, People do it as part of their upbringing. Uh, Sometimes it's just a habit. And so it's important to first identify if this is someone that just does this regularly or if there's really a concern with the value you've presented. Okay, so this is really, really important uh, because in the scenario, the same lady I was speaking with, she uh, was concerned that she was attracting these kind of people specifically because um, of something she was doing in her, in her process. So if this is you, I get it. Um, and it can be a big, big challenge to overcome. So first thing, with any objections or any concerns or any resistance, first you want to validate, right? Um, you want to make sure, and by validate, I don't mean agree, although we'll talk about that in a second. But when it comes to somebody uh, with a specific objection, you want to validate that that's the real objection. Because if we spend our day trying to overcome these these different objections, these different concerns... We're going to end up, you know, coming up with all this stuff where we're going to talk and talk and talk and talk and talk, but we're not doing anybody any justice because ultimately when it comes to objections, the real objections, they come down to like three things, time, money, and self-doubt or some other form of doubt, okay, time, money, and and doubt. So it could be self-doubt. It could be doubt in um, that the product or service will work for them, or it could be doubt that you delivering it or the company that we're representing um, is one that they can trust, right? But it's, it's doubt. Uh, so when somebody approaches you and says, look, can I get a better deal? Can you, can you sharpen your pencil on that? Uh, first, you want to see if they're, if it's really their approach. If that's, if that's just something that they do on a regular basis, because if they do, there's no point in trying to overcome it. You just stick to your guns. So for example, if, um, if you have somebody that, that says this to you, you know, everything lines up, it sounds good, but I can come down a little bit on the price. You can just say, no, <laughs> and just leave it at that. Like, you know, be really simple because, because they're asking, they're coming from a place where they do it behaviorally. They're asking just to see what they can get. 
Because some people um, are raised in the mindset that if you don't ask, the answer is always no. So it's worth giving it a shot, right? And in a lot of areas in life, you know, I've, I've been brought up the same way. So they just started thinking, can I get a little, little something extra? Can there be a bonus or whatever? Um, so one, validate if this is a real objection. Most of the time it's not. Most of the time people just like to dicker a little bit on price because it gives them an additional feel of feeling of control in the sales process. Okay, so that's a big deal. Don't let that go overlooked in, in the way you are working um, in your conversation. Now, if it really is a problem, the comment probably sounds a little bit more like, ah, it's a little outside my budget. Okay, so if they're saying, hey, can we, can we sharpen the pencil? Can we trim a little off? Someone that sounds like they're looking for a deal, it's probably just because that's what they do. And so you can approach that with, no. <laughs> you can be very direct, no. Um, you don't need to, to move on the price. You don't need, uh, you know, if your value you presented is clear to them, it lands to solve their problem, you don't need to adjust the price, so don't. Uh, what happens is you end up in a race to the bottom. And there's people that are like, oh no, I want the deal, I want the deal so bad, I'll, I'll drop the price, don't do that. Because if you're dropping the price, you're dropping the perceived value. If you can just you know, cut your price by 25%, just because somebody asked, well, one, you're showing how big your margins are, and two, you probably haven't thought through your business plan because those margins that you have, uh, you probably need them to cover overhead, right? You probably don't have the real space to shave 25% off the price. So keep that in mind. Just stick with a no. Or, I mean, I like to have a little fun with it because, you know, part of them, so, some people, they come across and um, they do it kind of as a joke. They're like, yeah, I can get a little, little something extra or can I get a little off that? And I took back and said, mm, would you give me a discount on what you're offering? Mm, well, mm, you know, and suddenly it's a different story, right? So I just say no. Or you can say, mm, I don't think you came here for a discount of product because I don't want to deliver a discount of product. I think you give it to pay for it. If you want to get a discount of product, I'm sure there's someone else down the road that can help you out. Right. And, and so stand firm um, because this is just what if, what can I do? And some people get in, well, I'll throw in this and I'll throw in that because people just want to get extra. It makes them feel good. But if you say, this is what it is, there's a level of authenticity that comes with that. A level of, um, I guess authenticity is really the best word, uh, right? You're, so you're not, you know, you're just sticking to your guns. You're, you're going with what you're saying. And so that stands for something, right? That means something to a lot of people. Because if you had somebody that, you know, you bought something and then you find out they gave somebody else half the price or 25% off two days later, like that's not going to feel good. Keep it consistent. You set a price for a reason and it probably wasn't be to make sure you have margin to go down in price if you have to, right? Stick with your price. Now, if somebody comes back and says, ah, the, you know, it's outside my budget, say, like, I understand that, right? Agree with them. Yeah. It makes sense that that'd be outside your budget. And that's it. Like, did you want to move forward? Or what questions do you have? Because just because they're making the statement doesn't mean there's a question. Doesn't mean there's a concern. Doesn't mean there's objection. Right? Ask them. Uh, you, you mean, yeah, like keep closing. Like you've heard the phrase ABCOs do closing. I don't think you've got to be closing all throughout the entire conversation, but you do want to do a little temperature checks. And asking these questions to see where you're at is really, really valuable. So if somebody says, ah, it's a little outside my budget. Okay. I understand that. Are we ready to move forward? Right, you don't need to make it into an objection. So often, especially when someone's new in sales, 
Um, it's easy for us to to get defensive. I don't want to lose the sale. Oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And it just throws us into this tailspin, and it doesn't allow us to come from a place of service. It allows us, it forces us to come from a place of scarcity. That's not cool. That's not going to get us anywhere, right? So stick with with where you're at, right? Stay in your power. Stick with your pricing, and just because what you're offering is a little outside somebody's comfort zone doesn't mean they don't see the value. It's just a statement, right? That's a little outside my budget. Now, if they're saying, ah, I can't do it. It's more than I wanted to spend. It's more than the board approved. It's more than whatever. Then you can work with that. If somebody says, ah, it's expensive. And say, compared to what? Because what you're going to find is a lot of people use the word expensive as a way to describe, to describe something they just can't afford. Well, they just don't want to pay for it, right? Something's not expensive. You just don't make enough money to pay for it yet. If it's, you know, if that's really the case, right? I, there's a really nice watch that I want to buy. I'm not in a space where I've got that much extra money sitting around to invest in a watch. I could easily say it's expensive. Other people have said it's expensive. I just haven't generated enough revenue yet to have that much set aside. Simple. Doesn't mean I'm not going to buy it. Probably doesn't even mean I'm not going to buy it, you know, soon. But think that through, right? Don't take statements at face value. Dig into them. You want to get, like, I believe that you need to get, like, six or seven layers deep. Um, if you're familiar with my five C's of successful sales conversations, uh, then you'll know that there's a breakthrough. It's, it's a five steps to take you through um, the five key areas of a sales call or sales conversation. It's really, really powerful. I've had clients close, you know, $10,000 sales with this structure. But one of the key pieces is in, the, in the, the rapport building or the connection. And when you do this, you want to identify what the, the real why is behind what they're doing. What, why do you want to solve this problem? Why is it important to you? What does that really mean to you? And if you can go eight layers deep, and it sounds so silly when you're practicing it by yourself. If you're like, you know, somebody says, uh, yo, I want, to, I want to make more money uh, with my business. Okay, tell me more. Oh, well, you know, I want to increase the revenue. Okay. Why is that important to you? Well, I increase the revenue and that means that, um, you know, there's more income for me to take home and I can create more jobs. Okay. Why is that important to you? Well, I care about my employees and I really want to, you know, give them a really good life. All right. Now is, you know, which is a priority? Taking care of your employees or generating more money for yourself? Hmm. Well, you know, it's nice to generate some more money for myself. Oh, okay. Well, why is that important to you? Well, because I want to create a better life for my family. And a lot of people will go down this road of, um, I want to create a life for my family that I never had growing up. Or, you know, you get into the, you know, the deep seated uh, concerns. A lot of it comes from childhood. There's, there's something that's trying to make up for or replicate or model. Um, there's, you know, there's something inside them that innately wants to achieve something. And it could be, I want to create something larger than myself. A lot of guys are associate, associate success with legacy. I want something that outlives me. All right, you see, um, you know, a lot of charities or foundations that get created, um, names on schools or on buildings and schools. Uh, I would love to have a sales school named after me someday, right? So this kind of stuff is important to people. And you want to figure out why. Because ultimately, at some point in the conversation, one, you need to make sure you need to show them that you're listening to them. You're making that you're making their needs your priority. Right? You want to make sure that, that you're connecting that. You're not just pitching something for the sake of making a sale 
you're helping solve a problem that they have. You want to associate solving the problem with having or achieving these long-term goals that they have. And on top of that, there's going to be a point in the conversation where you, you're going to challenge your prospect. And it might look like, Mr. Smith, so I know you've been you know, working to grow your business and you've been you know, at this level for the last four and a half years. What's not working? Right, so a little, I mean, it's not an aggressive challenge, but a little challenge to get them to explain, have Mr. Smith explain um, what he's been trying, why he thinks it hasn't been working. I'm going to dig even deeper. So what do you think is, is the best thing to do about it? Oh, you know, maybe say this way, I got you in the conversation right now. I want your help. Okay, great. So working with me, Mr. Smith, it's a significant investment. Um, but based on what you showed me, I think we can get you to insert number here that's reasonable. Don't make crazy promises, right? Um, and, you know, if it's, if, if, you're, if your team is as engaged as you say it is and you've got the lead flow coming in, it sounds to me like getting to insert goal number here, you know, it's not going to be easy, but it's simple in concept. And so we can build that out. And if you're willing to put in the work and I'm willing to put in the work, we can make the magic happen. And so then you associate the value. I mean, if you can make the value of what you're offering actually associate to a dollar amount, it's a lot easier for the logic, logical side of the brain. Um, people make decisions based on emotion and validate it with logic. So if you take the emotional side and say, you know, Mr. Smith, um, why is this important to you? What does that mean? You know, creating that life for their family, for their kids, travel the world, whatever it is, right? That's the emotional side. You can make that happen. So, and then the other side is logical. You just have the ROI, make it dollars and cents. Um, that's really, really powerful. And once you're there and it's clear, they're much less likely to try to negotiate on price. Um, and if you just say, no, this is the investment. Like, you know, I might say, uh, you know, I think we can build you, we can add another $5 million over the next 12 months to your sales team. And the investment's going to be $100,000. They're going to go, oh, 100000 That seems like a lot, but I'm going to get $5 million more. Oh. Hmm. Right. There's no concern about the ROI on that. Especially if I was to say guaranteed. Right. So make sure the value is really, really clear. But I might not say, hey, Mr. Smith, are you ready to go ahead and, and create that $5 million sales team or add $5 million to your revenue goal, to your results. I might say, Mr. Smith, what do you say we get, we get you on track for your revenue goal and put yourself in a position to have that family vacation or be able to work from anywhere in the world, right? Associate with the personal side of it so that it's, it, it's a connection you make with them. Right? It doesn't matter whether you're doing business to consumer, business to business, business to government. It doesn't matter. It's still human to human. Right? And so the human that you're speaking to has needs, wants, interests, right? So get to know them. Because even if they're not the only decision maker or the final decision maker, you can help them be an advocate for you. And if you've got somebody inside going to bat for you, you're going to get further a lot faster. So once you've connected that, the value you deliver to the person's individual why and the goals of the company, hopefully the value is obvious. As soon as the value is obvious, like if somebody says, ah, you're going to, you know, you're only going to generate another $5 million for me this year. I can't rationalize paying a hundred thousand for you. I'm talking to the wrong person. Right. Uh, so, or 
well, I probably am not talking to the right decision maker because if that kind of revenue is not of interest to them or is not willing to uh, you know, create that, that big return on, yeah, I, I need to find someone else in the company or find a different company to talk to. Okay, so not always perfect. It's not, um, you know, these conversations, you need to learn to navigate them by listening, right? There's, a, there's an emotional side of it. There's an intuition you need to trust as you get to know people. But a big part of it is you got to trust yourself and understand when there's a little voice in the back of your head. One of them says, not ready for the pitch yet. Keep focusing on value. The other one might say, oh, no, I don't want to pitch. I should drop the price. So make sure that that that, that little voice is the one that you, uh, that you ignore, right? You ignore the one that says drop the price because that's a voice that is just your fear. So make sure you're, you're listening to your client, your customer, your prospect um, to make sure that you're navigating in the right direction. Don't give into that fear. You don't, there's no reason to ever drop your price ever, ever, ever. Um, if you wish to say, well, if you're a not-for-profit, I want to give you a discount. Okay. And you need to be able to build your business in a way that you have that money made up somewhere else. So you can afford to do that. Okay. You don't want to create a loss because you want to treat somebody differently, uh, you know, because they're not-for-profit or a charity. You want to build that into your game plan, into your business plan. So if you know that you need to increase your price 10 or 15% across the board so that you can go give um, you know, a charity or an offer profit at 25 or 50% discount, do it. But do it on purpose. Do it intentionally. Build it into your plan. Because if you don't build it into your plan, you're making decisions on the fly that are going to affect your business model. They're going to affect your team as they try to deliver the results. And it's going to affect you because if you're, if you're up late and I go, oh, what am I going to do? I've got all these hours going in to help support this charity. Um, and I thought I was doing a good thing and I'd be a good person and karma's going to reward me or whatever. But you're burning yourself out and not making any money on the deal. It's not good. Right? It doesn't work. So make sure you, you strategically design your business so you can, so you make those decisions in advance, not on the fly. Okay. A lot of people want to give veteran discounts. Great. Build it into the plan. They calculate it strategically so that there's no point, no reason you ever need to be face-to-face or voice-to-voice or video-to-video with a prospect and on the fly make the decision to discount your rate because you won't win that way. If you start playing that way, it's a race to the bottom. At the bottom, everybody loses. Nobody wants discounted service. Just some people want to pay discounted fees because it makes them feel good. Show them why that's not the right choice. Educate them. Don't worry about getting the deal. Worry about changing how somebody looks at things. And if you show them, hey, you know what? You can go down the road. You get someone's only going to charge $15,000 to work with your team. But how many people do you think they need to work with? How many other companies do they need to focus on serving at $15,000 to actually run a profitable company that's going to be around? Versus me, if I charge you $100,000. I can work with five companies a year, make half a million dollars in revenue. And it's probably not too bad no, or more, right? Whatever the number is where for this person to get half a million dollars, they need to work with a pile of companies, which means they either need to spend a lot more time on working with everybody else and you'll get less attention or they need to fund a team to go out and you know do the service. And which means you might not get the person you're speaking to. You, you might get their team, which is okay. But just ask these questions, dig in a little bit there uh, because that, that's the key to, to understanding 
where like somebody's objections are coming from. Like dig in, ask more questions. What's important to you? You want to work with me and you've only got a thousand bucks. Okay. I've got, I've got a solution. It's probably not going to get you where you want to go as fast as you want to go, but we can help you move forward. Or, you know, someone says, Oh, this person's, I mean, if somebody says this person is cheaper, I'll say, great, do it. It's cool. When I lose business because I'm priced too high, I feel great about it. Because even if they choose somebody else, I'm going to be in the back of their mind. They're going, like, if something goes wrong with the person they chose, they're going to go, maybe I should have paid a little extra and got Jeremy. Like, how is that for a legacy? How is that if you put yourself in a position where whenever somebody says no, I mean, not that you want to completely price yourself out of the market, right? We're not talking about um, from a market perspective, but don't be the cheapest. If you're losing, like I, I lost a speaking gig uh, last month or the month before or something uh, because I was priced too high. And the only reason was that I was priced too high. I mean, don't get me wrong. I didn't love that I didn't get the gig, but I'm absolutely okay that the reason was I was priced too high because the next conversation was maybe next year we can afford you. And that felt pretty good. So um, that's, you know, that's my, my two cents, I guess. When it comes to price objection, People asking for deals and discounts first validate and you know, make sure it's really the objection because some people just do it from a behavioral perspective. So don't let that be the deciding factor into your business model Two, If it's really a concern, they probably haven't seen the value. So make sure you're digging into their emotional why and the logical why the emotion being about the person individually. That is the decision maker or is in front of you at least. And the logical why from the company perspective, what do you want to generate for revenue? Why you want to grow the company? You want to increase jobs? Um, why is that important to you? And if it is the CEO you're speaking to, maybe they want to create more jobs in the community. They want to help out because 30 years ago, somebody helped them out in a way or helped their family out. You know, Tony Robbins has a story uh, where he started his uh, charity delivering uh, meals at Christmas because one day a stranger came to the door and, and provided them with a meal. And he thought it was great that somebody else was caring about his family. Right, so that's his why for that. And not only should you have a why, but your prospects all have whys. And I know you have a why. You just got to be really clear on it. Okay? Uh, so that's, that's the Coles notes of it. When you're getting the pricing objection, guys, there's no reason to ever cut your price on the fly. Okay, If you want to negotiate around payment arrangement, do it, but make sure it's in writing and you agree to it. Um, make sure it doesn't put you in a place where you're dishing out or covering more costs in advance than you're receiving money for. And if you want to be able to give discounts to charities, veterans, um, any other great causes you want to support, that's amazing and build it into your plan. Don't make the decision on the fly. In fact, if you want to do that, make that decision today and figure out what you need to do today or this week or the next, you know, this month to make sure that's possible. Do you need to increase your prices to be able to afford to do that? I'm guessing the value you get, and this is just totally conjecture because I don't know your business, but I'm guessing from a marketing perspective, if you were to um, you know, link yourself with a charity and show the support or you know, provide discounts uh, for veterans or for charities, having that be one of your core values, not just as a marketing strategy, but have it be one of your core values, it's probably going to help your business more. Um, then what the, the downside might be by increasing your price by I don't know, 10, 15%, whatever the number is, get with your 
your CPA uh, or your, you know, your bookkeeper, your CFO, whatever. I'm not that guy. Um, but build it in. Make that commitment because if there's lots of things you want to do with your business, just don't do it on the fly. Make everything intentional. Make everything strategic. And so when things grow or change in your business, you know before it happens. Okay, so when the someone comes down and challenges you, challenges you on price, don't budge. Just show them more value. Show them why and connect it with theirs. Okay, guys, that's it for this week. I am Jeremy Demerchant. Uh, this has been episode 41 of Sales Team Rescue. Get this replay, previous show replays, um, and a link to upcoming shows at salesteamrescue.com. And you can also go there to book your sales team blueprinting session with yours truly. All right, guys, so remember, get uncomfortable, get results. We will see you next Wednesday, 2 p.m. Eastern, where we have a special guest for you. Cheers, guys. Thanks for joining me. Let's keep the conversation going. You can find more episodes and a link to join our online community over at salesteamrescue.com. If you haven't already, be sure to hit subscribe and give the show a review to help us reach more sales leaders like you. If you'd like our support in creating your own high-performance sales team, Book a call with us at salesteamrescue.com.